0: You can totally change your life. So are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I hope your day's off to a wicked good start. (laughs) So I was just getting ready. Uh, to go to the gym and go out for a run and stuff, and when I was in my t-shirt drawer, I saw an old uh, shirt that some of my former yoga students had made for me, and it was such a surprise. I'm a pretty hard person to surprise, PS, but because uh, uh, it's because I pay attention, like I'm, and I'm a chronic eavesdropper, so I can usually tell when shenanigans are afoot, but my old yoga students from um i had this class on tuesday nights they were lovely like such lovely people and they surprised me this one time with this with this shirt that they had made and they had made them for everybody in the class and they must have all chipped in their money and it was like the sweetest thing and it was a t-shirt that had all these different sayings on it that i would say in class all the time and i'm not going to tell you what they all were but i am going to highlight one of them and that was something that i always say which is notice what you notice and it's an invitation to pay attention and the reason why i'm bringing it up this podcast actually is not necessarily about paying attention it but what it is about is something that i have been noticing lately Oh, I got something on my forehead. <laughs> if you're watching this on the YouTubes, you can see me rubbing my forehead right now. I'm like, what's that mark on my head? <laughs> and we're back. Okay. So I always say, notice what you notice. And something that I've been noticing for a really long time, but also lately that I want to bring up is this thing that people do, that writers do, but especially I see women doing. Oh, and I want to dive into it because this, this, this whole episode is a love letter from my hat to yours is an invitation to knock it off, to stop it, and to cut the shit. <laughs> and even though those might sign the little hash, uh, it's really from a place of kindness and a place of love and a place of respect. And I tell you what I'm talking about in a minute. So some of you may or may not know that I am a writer. I have been a writer like my whole life. I am currently working on a memoir. And um, I've been doing like yoga and writing workshops since like, Jesus Christ, 2004 or so, I think is when I did my first one. Um, And then about eight, no, 10, Jesus, I think it was like 10 years ago. Almost 10 years ago, I became certified as a gateless writing instructor. And I can tell you more about that another time, except there's one of the things that I want to, um, that goes along with this story of why I'm talking about this today. Because you guys know, I always like to give a little backstory about the story and about the podcast episode and why I'm talking about this. So in gateless writing, there is a very particular um, kind of, let's call them guidelines that we use. Right. Um, I kind of think of them as like um, how do I say this? And it's not a guideline for the writing itself. The writing is you write what you write, but it's how we engage with the writing, how we interact with the writing, how we read, how we listen, how we give feedback and stuff like that. That's where it really becomes important. And I kind of think the guidelines is kind of keeping people from going off the rails, <laughs> right? The like the bump is. You know, I talk about this a lot when there's a like there's guardrails on a on a on a highway, but also in bowling when they put those little bumper rails up for the little kids so that their balls don't go flying off into other people's lanes, causing havoc. So guidelines can be, you know, wicked helpful. Remember, these aren't rules, but they will be enforced if you're in one. I'm just letting you know if you're in one of my, uh, you know, um, gateless workshops or any of my writing workshops, there will be enforcement of these rules. Now, one of the things that I have seen again and again and again. Again, I see it a lot with writers with creatives with people like that when with entrepreneurs whenever somebody is about to be vulnerable and share something that they created. So, I'm going to look at it from this little point of view and then I'm going to go into specifically women, okay? So, in gateless writing when it, after we write so we you know, we offer a little prompt everybody writes whatever they end up writing. And then it comes time to reading your work aloud to the group. And there's a lot of things that are put in place for psychological safety, um, for how we share, how we listen, how we give feedback. So everybody's on the same page. So no knuckleheads can be like badging in with their shit, right? Uh, because it's important when, when people are creating something, when people are sharing something that they've just written, that the, the focus stays on the work. But here's the thing that the writer, the narrator who is about to read often does. And this is why we have a rule around it. If you've ever created anything, whether it's a drawing or a painting or a performance you're about to do or a word you're about to share or a product or a program, blah, blah, blah. We often hear people when they go to you know, read or offer this thing, they do this thing where they start to over-explain or they start to disclaim. They do these disclaimers, and they do all these weird things, like, "Oh, you know, I d- I just wrote this really fast," so, or, "Oh, I didn't have a lot of time," or, "Oh, this needs polishing," or, you know, they try to do all this explaining to put things in context and to make everything, you know, like be a certain way. And so we often say, right? No exclaiming, no 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 explaining, no disclaimers, none of that hullabaloo that people do at the beginning because really it's their fear, right? It's their anxiety, it's their nerves. It's it's um, this double-edged sword of wanting to be seen, like wanting to share their work, but also being afraid of being seen and what their nervous system is going through. And look. it's like, it's a way of feeling, I think. I can only speak from my personal experience. I don't wanna say why other people might do it. I know for myself. It's a way of kind of lowering the stakes. It's almost like going like, don't expect too much of me. Like, I don't want to disappoint you too much or, oh, this old thing. It's like when people suck at receiving compliments, like somebody will say, oh, I really like your sweater. And they're like, oh, this old thing, I got it a goodwill or like, oh, yeah, I've had this for like whatever, right? So we have this way of kind of, how do I say this, disclaiming yourself we have a way of disclaiming our credit credibility or trying to over-explain it or like doing it with our work in like a thousand different ways. And I see women do this all the time and how they communicate with each other, with themselves and without, you know, meaning with other, other women and stuff like that, but also with the larger world. So I'm gonna show you what this language kind of sound like. and I want you to just double amen hands, raise your hand, acknowledge, nod, nod your head, whatever you're gonna do, write it down. If you can recognize yourself uh, in any of these uh, particular particular statements, right? So when you go to write something and you you lead with this, I just wanted to. So that word just, that's like a little flag goes up. It's just like I just wanted to or you lead with something like, I'm sorry to bother you, or I don't mean to be fill in the blank, right? I was just wondering if, so we have this way of using language to take away our own power. We have this way of, it's almost like you're apologizing in advance, right? You've made an assumption that whatever your want or your need or your opinion or your thought or your service or your offer is, is going to somehow be a burden for somebody else. It's going to somehow be perceived as you being something too much, not enough, bossy, pushy, needy, fill in the blank, right? It's a way that we keep ourselves small, stay small. And it's also a way of trying to appear, quote unquote, nice. I'm going to do a whole other podcast about being, quote unquote, nice. I was telling my friends the other day, um, I am incredibly interested still in being kind. I want to be kind. Kindness is where it's at for me. I'm not really that interested in being nice anymore in my in my old age, in my <laughs> in my almost 55, right? Like from 55, I'm just not that interested in being or playing, quote unquote, nice because being nice is fucking dangerous and gets people killed. And that, like I said, I'll save all that for another another uh, podcast episode. But with this language, I want to invite us all to stop disclaiming and over-explaining and using this kind of language. I just wanted to, sorry to bother you. I was just wondering if I don't mean to be. It's like we're we're apologizing for taking up space. We're apologizing for communicating. And I would just like us all to start, consider testing the waters. And I'm going to, I want to dive into a little bit more. I know why a lot of times we do this. I'm not, I'm not, um, invalidating why women do that. I think we're conditioned and trained to speak that way, to be that way. A lot of us, right. White women love being quote unquote, nice. Again, we'll get into that another time on another episode. I'm being nice, um, But I I'll dive into that more in a little bit of a moment. But I first want to just make the invitation and see if anybody else wants to kind of play along with this challenge of instead of disclaiming, instead of over explaining, what if you just said the damn thing? What if you just said what you wanted to say? What if you just asked for what you actually needed? What if you raised your hand in the meeting and said what you thought, said what you what your point of view is, right, without doing all this tap dancing to um, to, to in, in on the front end of it? Do you know what I mean? I think there's something really powerful about letting other people have their own experience of you. And for you not to time travel forward, and try to play the movie of what you think is going to happen and how you think they're going to respond and these so much of it is it's so exhausting first of all trying to navigate around using language that is like disclaiming and um um reducing do you know what i mean that's what it feels like and I would love for you to just try to write a sentence. I'm not being fresh. I'm being really serious. And I'm bringing this up and I talk about this because I have so much experience in writing in that way. I am a person who is, I'm a person who's very particular. I like things a particular way. Um, I'll give you an example, right? So just, just, just as being vegan. So a lot of times being a vegan, I'm going to go into a restaurant or a place like let's say I'm out to eat with people or friends or family and they all decide to go, you know, they're all carnivores or whatever and they they all decide to go to a particular place. Usually ahead of time, I'll like look at a menu to see if there's even anything on the menu that that I'll eat. And I'll I'll often find, like at least sometimes I'll find, like, oh, I can get uh I can get a baked potato and like a salad, right? Whatever. But there's a lot of times when I go into a place where I do have to make special requests. And I always used to do something like this. I'm sorry to be a pain in the ass, but or other people at the table who would know that I was going, especially women who knew I was going to ask for things to be done in a particular way, would be like either roll their eyes, like, quote unquote, as a joke though, right? Roll their eyes or apologize for me to the waiter. Oh yeah, she's going to be a fucking handful or she's going to be a pain in the ass or she's going to, here we go, placing her quote unquote, special order. And I realized at some point is that I'm like, it's not like I'm asking for that much. I'm just asking them to not put like dead animal bacon bits like on the on the friggin' baked potato or please just don't bring the sour cream or hey, could you put the butter or whatever, you know, that would normally come with it, leave it off or on the side so somebody else can use it, like whatever, right? And so I used to like be apologetic about the fact that I might be putting them out. Now, look, I was a waitress and a server like forever. It's not that big of a deal to go in the back and say, hey, da-da-da-da-da, no butter, no sour cream, no bacon bits, no cheese sauce, no whatever, right? It's not that big of a deal. And yet somehow we've been made to feel like we're being extra or too much or too particular or too needy. And I'm like, look, the world can learn to deal with it. I'm not going crazy about it. I'm not being demanding or bitchy or mean or rude or whatever, right? I'm just making a simple request. And I've even gone to the place where now, like, I often will just bring my own food. Like, if if I'm going somewhere and there's a family cookout, they're not thinking about me. They're not worried about it. I'll bring my own stuff. Right. I'll just bring my own food. I will take care of myself. But on the off chance that I do need something from somebody, I'm not apologizing for it anymore. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate it when people go above and beyond and try to be helpful and try to respect that I choose not to harm animals and eat animals and wear animals and use animal products. Like I really appreciate when people acknowledge my choice without you know, giving me like just a bunch of rundown of bullshit and all the stuff that vegans have to put up with. People often say that we think, and this is, I'm just, I'm going off on a little tangent right here. It's so interesting because people often will think that, oh, vegans are so holier than thou. We think we're better than everybody else and we're blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, we're vegan because we don't think we're better than anybody else, including animals. That's one of the reasons why we do it is we respect respect their right to live and be free from harm. PS. And I'm back. Okay. So I've spent many years um, as a younger woman, right? In my younger years. And I still catch myself. Look, I'm not free from this. I'm not free from this conditioning. It is, it is, it has been really put into that subconscious loop of mine about how I'm coming across Right. How I'm coming across in my language, especially in written form, because sometimes you can't tell the tone of what somebody is saying. Right. And I would rather clarify things afterwards now. Like that's what I'm saying. Like in my in my older years, right? As I, I'm entering these uh call them what you want to call them. Some traditions call them the crone years, the elder years, like whatever it is. It's like I'm just not that interested in tiptoeing around things. So I'd like to just be direct and say, hey. This is what I'm thinking. Hey, this is what I thought. Hey, what about this idea? They don't have to like it. They might even reject it. But I don't want to um, keep doing, disclaiming myself or over-explaining myself. Double A men hands if you have over-explained yourself. I mean, I did a whole podcast. I've done a couple of these on how like no is a complete sentence and how women tend to over-explain. And so much of it, I mean, I think there's a lot of different reasons why we do it. I think a lot of times we do it, and this is this is the piece I'm going to go into about how it, it runs deep in our nervous systems. It runs deep in our collective conscious. It runs deep in our cultural conditioning and in society that women know, right? Most women know: white women, black women, Asian women, but bo- you know, all all different kinds, trans women, all different kinds of of ways to be a woman. We often know that we are physically, not always, there's exceptions and nuances to every rule, but we are often the uh, less physically strong, okay? Of half of the other population, okay? So we have been contained, we have been taught to sometimes be demure, to be quote-unquote polite, to be nice, to, um, because if you, if you ask for things directly, you're being bossy where, where another, where a man might be called just being a man or a white man, right. Where a man is just like speaking like normal or that that's not called like being, it's like, Oh, he's assertive. He knows what he wants. He's direct. He just says it like, you know, like it is when women tend to do that We're bossy, we're pushy, we're bitchy, we're difficult, we're crazy, right? Like God forbid you're not quote unquote acting nice. They love to label you as like mean or crazy or bossy or demanding or whatever, right? And it's like, no, I am just simply communicating without all the fucking fluff to make you more comfortable about our positions of power and lack thereof. Like God forbid, we should just say, and God forbid, in our society, this is why there's so much tension, right? I think between white women and women of color, right, BIPOC, uh, it, it's because we're not comfortable, right? We're we're so busy watchdogging ourselves that we go extra hard at other people. I'm just gonna say that, right? And with this, we're gonna have a whole other podcast about white women in general <laughs> another time. I am kind of a uh, you know since I am one I can I can talk about this. Oh, <sighs> but here's the thing I want to get back to and we're back. I keep going off on these little tangents because I have a lot to say about a lot of things and I'm just um I'm just kind of sip sipping here right now. Okay, so here's the thing. A lot of times women don't like to feel like we're being a pain in the ass, right? And part of it, I think, is because we're trying to stay safe. There's a fear of being abandoned. There's a fear of losing your proximity to power. There's a fear that you're going to be harmed, right? So we like to come across as as, as non-threatening. And why do we do this? Well, one clue is what I just said. We know that we are often, right? The ones who have less physical strength and power. So we are automatically vulnerable given how our standing often is in a very white, patriarchal, man run world. So a lot of times, this dem- dem- demureness, this wa- not wanting to speak up, this not wanting to be direct, not just saying the damn thing, is because, in some level, you're trying not to be harmed. In some way, you're trying to stay alive. In some way, you're like, please don't see me as this because I want you to keep me around. Please like me so that you won't, in a very extreme way, kill me. Please like me so that you won't kill me. We live in an incredibly violent world. Take a look around. And so one of the things that we do we try not to shine too bright. We try not to be too loud. We try not to take up too much real estate. We try to not come across as being too much of whatever because we don't want the men folk to come for us. <laughs> right? We don't want other people because we know how brutal other women can be. Never mind men. Holy Jesus, that's a whole conversation for another day. I'm just telling you how I'm feeling it and seeing it and thinking about it, you know? And it's like, so there's this reductionist, that thing that happens, there's this over explaining, there's this disclaiming, there's all this stuff around the way that we try to be, how we hold ourselves, how we move through the world, how uh, willing we are to be seen and heard, especially in meetings. Because a lot of times you might be the only woman in the room. And if it's hard for us as white women, can you imagine what it is like for black women, indigenous women, Asian women, anybody who doesn't look like white women? So I'm really hyper aware of this. And I think the only way that that things are going to start to change is we as individuals have to be willing to speak up, to raise our hand to stop disclaiming to stop discrediting to stop you know doing all the bullshit and this is why doing inner work is so important this is why spiritual work is so important this is why coaching the unconscious mind is so important this is why paying really close attention to yourself and what you think and what you say and what you believe in your identity and what you do and how you're showing up is so important because if you don't notice right if you don't pay attention if you don't slow down enough to notice your own behaviors, how are you ever going to change them? Because the first step has to be awareness, right? I, I've talked about this before. The four the four C's of last, the four A's and C's really. And I mean A like the letter A and C's of lasting change. And the first one, I've been teaching on this for years. And the first one is awareness and clarity. You got to know, you can't change a thing until you know about it, until you become aware of it, until you're willing to look at it. So let's be honest with ourselves about the ways that we do this, the ways that we use this language and the reasons why. Let's just start there. Let's just start having an honest conversation, first of all, with yourself and then maybe with your other, right, female or women friends. Like we should talk about these things. The ways and, and, and not just like doing it in this kind of like coaching thing of like, oh, yeah, I need to stop playing small. It's not just that. It's that there is so many layers of conditioning that started with our mothers and our grandmothers. Right. And I know for myself. And I write about this in my memoir in a very particular um, scene, which I, I don't really want to. Um, So much of the things that I want to say that I keep in my book, it's like, or that I write about in my book, I try not to always share here on the podcast, but I will say, I will say something about this, that women have been killed because people believe that um, they had things to say that men didn't like, right? And we can we can come across, like, it's, it's this interesting, it's that paradigm, right? Or not that paradigm. Yeah, maybe it is that paradigm. But it's that old saying, too, where they say, men are afraid that women will laugh at them. Women are afraid that men will kill them. And because we have, I believe, this very deep-seated subconscious, and sometimes conscious, we're very aware of it. Most women I know walk to their cars at night in parking lots with their keys, like between, if you're looking right now, I'm putting my thumb between my fingers, right? My, between my pointer finger and my middle finger, like a weapon. I'll talk about this. I'm doing it. I'm going to do a whole other podcast uh, on the self-defense class that I took. I have so many thoughts about this, but let's just start with language. Let's just start with finding within us the courage the strength the bravery the willingness right and i know it can be scary i know it can be scary but we start practicing just by saying no and not explaining beyond that hey can you get this da 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 now i'm not saying like do your job i mean do the things you know what i'm saying Like, keep your word and do the things you said you would do be resp- be a responsible adult but we get to say no You get to say no. Do you want to come to this cookout? Do you want to come to this barbecue? Do you want to come to this event? No. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. That's it. Not, no, because my kids have this and I need to do this. And oh my God, I'm exhausted and I'm crazy busy and blah, 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 blah. blah." Nope. You, You don't need to dump all that. You don't need to say all that. What you want and what you need and what you need to do is valuable enough it stands on its own you don't need to create a distraction and like do all this other stuff so that they won't get mad if they're going to get mad they're going to get mad anyways you know and women have this other thing not all women again everything is nuanced and there are exceptions to all of everything i'm saying So don't feel like I'm sitting here and saying like, I'm like wagging my finger at you. But if you self-recognize and self-identify in any of this, I'm saying, right, pay attention to that. But when a person, right, a friend or whatever states that they can't do a thing, we often will then interrogate them and put them on the spot. Well, why? Why can't you come? Why don't you want to do that? I thought you said you were going to da 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 Can we let people's no's be no's and let people's yeses be yeses? And if you're in a meeting, women, all women, right? If you're in a meeting and a coworker of yours who is also, right, a woman, female, however they identify, right? If, if they go to say something, have their back. This is how we start to get more comfortable using our voices and we stop shrinking. We stop staying quiet. We stop playing small is we have each other's backs instead of tearing each other down. But you gotta start by having your own back. So we start with a little exercise of, of saying no, and just that. Saying yes when you mean yes, saying no when you mean no, and don't feel like you need to overexplain explain yourself. Start with getting comfortable with saying, I'd like this, can you please leave that on the side? Not, I don't need to be a pain in the ass. I just wanted to circle back. I just wanted to. It's like we're already saying, like, I'm trying not to upset you or disturb you or be a pain. Or No, just ask for what you want. Of course, right? You were taught to have manas. Use your manas. Don't be a dick. Use your manas. But you don't need to worry about making it so fucking comfortable For people all the time. In coming to work with me, and I'm pretty sure this is one of the reasons why people sometimes they'll be like, I want to work with you, but I'm not ready yet. It's almost like they feel like they have to psychologically prepare. And I'm like, look, I'm not a mean person. I'm not mean. Sometimes though, I am direct, loving, and firm. Because I don't like pussyfooting around things. And I don't like playing you know, and pretending and performing like emperor's got new clothes when that's not what's happening. Right. For me, feeling safe is knowing I'm around somebody who's going to say it. Who's going to love me enough to be kind enough to say the thing to me. And it doesn't mean it's always going to feel, quote unquote, nice. Use your manners. Don't be a dick. Try to speak compassionately, but let's just cut to the chase and stop all the tap dancing and the jazz hands and the distraction to get other people, especially men, to approve or to like or to not be threatened. So sometimes you'll hear me take these long pauses. Sometimes it's because I'm just letting a thing land. Sometimes I'm catching my breath. And sometimes I'm just checking in if that's the place where I should stop. (laughs) And so when I, I don't know how to explain it other internally, it'll be all of a sudden like the page goes blank. And I know it's like, okay, that's where we're going to end it. So you guys, this is my invitation to you. Stop apologizing in advance. Stop making so much over, like stop so much over explaining, stop the disclaimers. Okay. Your point of view is worthy, right? Your, your creativity, your ideas, the world needs them. Please speak up. Please have your own back. Please have other women's backs. Please let's like start saying what we really mean. Stop agreeing to things you don't agree with. Stop laughing at the jokes that aren't fucking funny. Stop being quiet and silent, right? Again, another podcast. When horrible things are said. Okay, that's it. I get, look, I get why we do it. But the new world order, like it does not need women playing small, playing quote unquote nice and uh, going along with how things have been. We need to be braver than that. We need to be more courageous than that. We need to be more awake and aware than that. And we gotta be willing to be a little uncomfortable and let other people be a little uncomfortable too. So go out and be yourself, be you. Use your words, speak up. They're they're necessary, they're needed, they matter. Again, don't be a dick, (laughs) loving, but firm, but direct. Just speak your mind, say what's on your hat, okay? So I'm cheering you on. I hope this is helpful in some way. And look, this goes for everybody. This isn't maybe you are introverted, maybe you're shy, maybe you're somebody. No matter what what your your gender or whatever is, this 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 is a love letter to everybody's heart. But today I was specifically also kind of speaking to women and young girls and young women, people who are coming up in the world, right? So this is this is a really powerful practice for all of us. And um, maybe you need a buddy. Maybe you need a friend um, who will support you in this endeavor. All right, you guys, I hope you're having a fantastic day. Uh, Wherever you go, may you leave yourself and the people and the the pets, the animals, the, the, the plants, right? The environment, the places you go. Leave them better off for you having been there. Wherever you go, may you and your presence and your words be. A blessing. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Karen Kenny Show. (laughs) I super duper appreciate your time, friendship and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E.